You are listening to the Life Church podcast. To learn more about Life Church, our gathering times at any of our central Indiana locations, or our life crew online, visit us at lifechurchin.com or follow the link in the description. Today's talk is from Pastor Derek Lopez. But hey, uh, obviously, like Pastor Nathan said, we are in a season of prayer. This is 21 days of prayer's beginning. And so I thought it was appropriate that we talk about the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 6. But before we go there, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we're so thankful for you. Lord, we're thankful for your truth and your word. Lord, we pray that you will move in this service. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd cover every single mind in this place. Lord, may you be honored and glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, so this is, uh, we're only going to cover a portion of this. We're not going to cover the whole thing. We're going to cover the part where Jesus talks about prayer. But uh, Jesus, he's speaking to the multitudes. What has happened is he's fasted for 40 days. He starts doing miracles and he has a gathering. He has people who want to be around him because this guy performs miracles. They believe this is the Messiah. So he starts to tell them, he starts to speak about the Beatitudes, how, how we should have good attitudes. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, blessed are all these type of individuals. And then he moves on saying we should be the light, we should be light to the world. And then there's other things that Jesus mentions, but then it gets to a point where he talks about good deeds. And he says, hey, we, we, we shouldn't let our right hand know what our left hand is doing. That we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, let others see our good deeds. We only want our Father to see our good deeds. And he says, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And I, I, I find it interesting. He uses that phrase right before he goes into prayer. At what is done in secret. So we're going to talk about the secret place today. So starting in verse 5 of chapter 6, Jesus says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So what would happen is the religious elite would pray loud and long prayers because they wanted to be seen. Because all the people in Jerusalem and all the cities, they believe these are hand-selected people by God, and they're closest to God, but they were hypocrites because they claimed to be close, but they were not. And they actually wanted praise of man instead of the praise of God, or the honor of God. They were doing it for a show. And so he says, don't, don't be like them, because when, when you do that, you receive your reward in full. Who knows that the guy on the street corner that's shouting out loud, he's, he's, it's, he's not helping the kingdom, right? And so, so God says, don't be like them. God isn't saying we can't pray corporately because we can. Jesus prayed with his disciples. He prayed with other people's people around. But this is a heart posture. Prayer is a heart posture. It's not a, it's not a hey, look at me. I'm so good at prayer. I, I, I'm the closest with Jesus. That's weird, right? It's odd, but that's what they would do. So it says in verse six, but Jesus says, he continues teaching, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
So it's this, this is a mind-blowing thing that Jesus is teaching about because he's saying he's your father. You are his children. He loves you. He, he understands that you're spending time with him. Don't, don't go off to be a show. It's like scripture says, we don't, we don't want to uh, boast in anything except in Christ Jesus. And so do what is done in secret. You know, those who you say, hey, and maybe it's not even the most eloquent prayer, but hey, that's a powerful prayer. You know how they became a powerful prayer? Prayer is because they were in the secret place. They were in the war room where no one could see. And many times people see those who have risen to a level of success and they say, this person just became a success overnight. No, they did not. Ministers like that or people who've, who've been in prayer for a long time, it's because they, they've done it in secret, in the secret place, in front of the one true God. So verse 7 says, And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. So there's a belief in many other religions, in those who lived around Israel at the time was that you just repeat prayer. It's, it's like if, you know, I'm going to bow seven times a day, and that's a, that is a, a plan to get this God, this false God, to hear me. Or I'm going to just repeat myself over and over and over and over again, or chant. And it's important we don't do things like that because the name of Jesus is not a magic word. God will not be moved by witchcraft. God, God wants relationship with us. So we don't, we don't pray prayers over and over and over again. Even the Lord's Prayer, we don't just repeat it. No, it's something we, we are believing. It's something that's true. It's this genuineness in prayer. That's what moves the heart of God is being genuine. I think sometimes God can move through a genuine prayer that sounds really bad versus one that's super eloquent. Some of the best prayers are men who have never prayed that said, hey God, you're God and I'm not, I need your help. Just simple like that. God's not moved by the babble. Now, now to tell you a story about babbling on or getting, getting their way uh, in something, what my kids did to me isn't how God's heart's moved, but yesterday I'm working on the message in the afternoon, I'm, I'm trying to get ready, I'm still I'm still pressing this was a pressing week so I didn't get it all done but the kids are playing they're throwing snow outside they're building uh you know the the snowmen and all that and a big fort so I go outside I put my clothes on I go I have a snowball fight and they hit me in the face I hit them in the face well then I go back in I'm tired I've been running chasing these these kids grabbing them putting snow in their hair right and so I go back inside the house I'm tired I'm sweaty. I've got to work back on the message. And so I sit down and I start and my wife comes in the room and she says, I was told to communicate to you that if you don't come back outside, you're a coward. (laughs) And so I open the window and they say, coward, coward, coward. And so I say back, because I just, I just couldn't help myself, I said, if I come outside, it's because I want to. 
But it wasn't true. It was because they were babbling on. They were, we think that's how God works sometimes, is if I pay enough or if I get his attention enough or if I, I annoy him enough, which there's, there's truth in that in Scripture. There is truth in that. But we don't, what I'm trying to communicate is we don't come up with a formula where God's hand has to move. God's hand moves if he wants it to move. Now, to be clear once again, Jesus said, keep on knocking. Jesus said you should keep asking to always pray and never give up. And so he told the story of the persistent widow, how she went to this judge who was unjust, and she just went to him day after day after day, and he said, even though I don't fear man or God, this lady is driving me nuts. I'm going to give her how you, how, what she wants. That's how we should be with God. But I just want you to see, we cannot force God to do anything. He is God alone. We're his creation. So Jesus said, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. We talked about this last week, about how God is all-knowing. He knows everything from beginning to the end. He knows every creative idea there's been and will be. He knows my deepest, darkest secrets, and even what won't happen, or what will happen. He knows, he knows it all. And so it's like yesterday, I was watching the kids in the morning with the snow, and uh, they had a, one of the kids had a sled. Leland took it up. He's five. And he was going to go down the ramp of the tree fort with the sled. And so I open the door and I say, hey, stop, buddy. Right? God knows it all. I know what he's going to do because I am, he, he, I was him, right? Like, I, I would have done that too. It's kind of a good idea. But I was like, I don't want to take you to the hospital. I don't want you to get hurt. Stop. Our Father knows. He knows what we'll do. He knows every intention of our heart. So we just pray to him honestly. We just talk to him honestly. Then Jesus moves on and he gives this model of how we should pray. And it's called the Lord's Prayer, but it really should be called more like the disciples', disciples prayer or believer's prayer. And so it says, it says this. It says, our Father in heaven. You want to repeat it with me? How would be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this is not something like that. You, it, Jesus isn't saying this is the only way you can pray. He's not saying you have to say these exact same words every time. Now, I think it's okay to pray the Lord's Prayer, but a good translation is, he says, this then is how you should pray. How you should, or pray like this, is a better translation. Pray like this. He's just giving a model. So we'll break this down. He says, our Father in heaven. So that is, that is us identifying who he is, and recognizing that we have this relationship because of Jesus, we're his children, he's our dad. It's relational. It's coming with love. He loves me and I love him. Father God. Some would say Daddy God. And then hallowed be your name. That's just may your name be honored. May your name be used correctly, not as a curse word, right? 
So that's a good time in that section of prayer to lift up the name of Jesus and exalt your God. God, you are my strong tower. You are my refuge. You are my God in whom I trust. You're my shepherd. And lift up the name of Jesus. I'm just trying to give you all tips. I know that some of this is very elementary. I just want to help you as we launch off into 21 days of prayer. So then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus says that we should pray that because his will isn't always done here. In his kingdom, yes, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to establish his kingdom here in Jerusalem. And the government will be on Jesus' shoulders. But his kingdom coming is also his kingdom coming to every heart. So that's a good time to pray. Lord, I pray that my neighbors that don't know you, I pray that my relatives that don't know you, and everyone I encounter, I pray that they would know you and have a life. And the kingdom would grow. And every seed, like a mustard seed, that it would be the biggest tree of all. We want to pray for people. And then give us this day our daily bread. So, We have needs. God knows we have needs. I would encourage you never to run to God with your needs first. When my kids come in and they say, hey, Dad, I want some candy now. You're not getting any candy, right? But if they spend time with me, if they just want to be around me, if they're just just enjoying my company, sometimes with the girls, I'll be like, what do you want is my attitude. Like, what do you want? You want, like, like, I'll go buy it. If you just ask, I'll give it to you. Because I'm a sucker sometimes. But that's God's heart. He just, wants us, he just wants us to be with Him and around Him. We want to start with Him because He's God. We're the creation. And honor Him and ask that His will would be done. And then start to, God, you know my needs. I need help because I'm a man. I need help because I say... I say dumb things sometimes, right? Just trying to bring some humor in this. <laughs> it's coming. It is humility to first start with, God, may your will be done. May you be exalted and glorified. It is prideful to start with, God, I need this, and you need to do that, and God, you see this wrong, and if you did it this way, that would be better if you would just change that. Per- like, how crazy that is. He's the all-knowing, all-powerful Almighty God. Then it says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And Jesus actually goes back to this in verse 14, but at the same level we forgive people, he forgives us. It's important to come to Jesus because we can miss stuff. We can have blind spots and say, I love to say it this way, Father God, forgive me for all the sins I know about and all the ones I don't. And then if I know about any sins, I confess that to my Father. But Lord, may your grace cover me in my blind spots. And Lord, I choose to release people. Even though they've wronged me, they don't owe me anything, and may you bless that person. May you cover them with love. And then he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus prayed that for his disciples too. He prayed for unity in the church, that we're kept safe from the evil one. 
But we have this real battle. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we, don't, that, that we have a spiritual battle, that we have to do everything we have to stand, and after having done everything to stand, we have to put on the armor, God's armor, and then pray in the Spirit on all times and all occasions because we have a real enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And why we even do 21 days of prayer is because Daniel prayed for 21 days, and he, fast, he, he fasted during that time. And what happened was, Daniel starts praying, an angel shows up on day 21, and he says, hey, Daniel, I've heard, God heard your prayer on day one, but I've, I have been hindered from getting to you, but your prayers have moved, have shifted in the heavens so that this prince of Persia, this demonic entity, could be taken over, and I could get to you and deliver the message. And now we're blessed by the vision that is given to Daniel. And so that's why we pray for 21 days is because he had spiritual breakthrough on day 21. And it's so interesting that it takes three weeks for a new habit to form. You see how God did that? He instilled this for us so we could also start a new habit. So I encourage you to jump all in in 21 days of prayer. Then he moves back to verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. He's not going to give mercy to you if you won't give mercy to others. And that can be a hard word because some of you have been hurt real bad by people. You may not even know their name. But we have to let it go. I'm not defined by what has happened to me or what I've done, whether it's good or bad. I'm defined by the fact that Jesus loves me and he died for me. It's the same attitude the Apostle, Paul, or Apostle John had. Excuse me. It's all Jesus loves me through that lens. We come when we mess up. If you come through the lens of Jesus loves me, you just run right in the door. My kids run right into the room. Dad, dad, dad. Why? Because they know I love them. They have access. You have access to your heavenly father. Just come right in. Then he moves to the area of fasting. Jesus says, when you fast. Everyone say, when you fast. Okay, that means we are required to fast. Jesus expects us to fast. He doesn't say if you feel like fasting, if you, if you uh, just want to get ahead so you fast. No, he says when you fast. And he's saying this to the disciples because they didn't fast when he was there because the bridegroom was with them. Jesus isn't physically here with us and we need him. We need him on this earth. We need his wisdom. We need his counsel. We need his guidance. We need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So then he goes back to the hypocrites, and he says, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they've been fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. So like if I messed my hair up, and I just come in here, and I'm, Oh, hey, 21 days has been great. Um, I'm full of energy. 
today. My fast is, is going well. Like, it's this whole prideful thing. You don't go up to somebody else and compare what you're doing. Now, it's okay to get people around you to encourage you. That's good. It's good to have some accountability buddies, if you want to say it that way. You have some people who can keep you accountable. Accountability buddies. It's good. That's good. It's an issue of the heart. We want to have the right heart in all of this. So he says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But he says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so it won't be obvious to others that you're fasting, fasting, but only to your Father who who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. We want to be careful. We don't want reward from anybody else. We want reward from the Most High God. Look, why we fast is because We need more of God, but let me break it down a little further. You have a body, you have a soul, but you also have a spirit. And your spirit is at war with your flesh. Your flesh wants to go and drink that icy from 7-Eleven. Your flesh wants to go and get pizza at 10 o'clock when you shouldn't. You are at war with your flesh. Your flesh wants to sin. Your spirit man wants you to be more like God. And what we're doing is we are rebalancing what have may have been out of balance. And so we're saying no to the flesh. Now, it's good to do a uh, media fast, social media. I think you just turn it off. Fox News, CNN, Epic Times, whatever. It's good to shut that off during this time to focus on God. The news will be here after the 21 days is over. It's going to be the same stuff. But when, if you do a media fast, you're not really fasting your flesh. You're, you're actually fasting more of your soul. It affects your flesh to a degree, but it's more your eyes are more seeing things. And Jesus says later in this chapter that the eye is the lamp of the body. If the eye is good, then the whole body will be good. So it's important to incorporate this regardless in your life. But we want to crucify the flesh like Galatians says, like Paul wrote in Galatians 5. It's important that we tell our body, we tell ourselves, we tell our flesh who's in control. Because it's not my flesh. I'm not going to live in sin. I'm going to live in life. So I'm going to do a do a fast that incorporates food because it's not only something we want, but it's something we need. And if we can say no when something really doesn't matter, then we can say no when it really does matter. But if we can't say no when something doesn't matter, how are we in the world will we ever say no when it really does? So we're putting our, our flesh in subjection to our spirit. And that connects us deeper with God. So that's what we're doing. But when you fast, don't just not eat. That's just starving yourself. Just don't, you're just not eating. So when you fast, what you do is you get out the Bible. Say if you fast lunch, you you get out the Bible and you read the Bible for the amount of time that you would have, you would have ate your food. Now, some of you are going to be tempted to, if you're a worshiper, you're going to be tempted to just worship. 
And if you are a more just of a reader of the word, you're going to be tempted to just read. We need to pray, worship, and read the word. It's us connecting more with God, silencing the things of the world so we can connect with him to hear from him. That's what Daniel did. We want a connection with the most high God. And so we want to help you. We, uh, we have all those resources. You can watch that video again online. It'll be shown on all the, at all the different campuses. And uh, I'm sure we'll send other things out to you, even how you can get encouragement. If you need encouragement, reach out to us. We'll help you. But we have these books by Bill Bright. He was the uh, founder of Campus Crusade. And this has some great stuff in it. Every one of you are going to get this on the way out, but it has a personal word from him, and then, and then how to begin a fast, how to prepare yourself, and then he has even in here how to, how to uh, like, you know, cool off and end the fast, and then he has acts in here, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, a model for prayer. But my challenge to you is to lean into this, to come and pray with us. And if you can't make it, pray during that time or that hour. Set an hour aside during these 21 days. Silence the rest of the world and focus on the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God. Because we need him now more than ever. And if you're a young person in here, you need him because you don't know what's to come. You think you have all the answers? You don't. I thought I had all the answers. And now I have conversations with my parents where I'm like, hey, you were right in that. (laughs) Right? So we need, you need wisdom from the Most High God, and I challenge you if you're a young person to come, learn how to pray, intercede, come to be more like Him. Amen, everybody? Do y'all like that challenge? It's going to be a great 21 days. Let's go ahead and bow our heads as we pray. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.